0: <laughs> hello i like this angle this is you got some different camera angles yeah like feels the only guy with coverage i think uh, <laughs> so. the wide
1: shot go to the wide shot oh, the
0: wide shot come on uh, <laughs> all right we gotta be live by now hey everybody it's a special night alive? here it's deep space nine at nine ish here on live long podcast <laughs> whoa there he goes it's election night in the United States, it is the 2020 election. Is it happening right now, or the results are being tabulated, or whatever? But we're just getting started here. We don't care. We got to talk about D Space Nine Sanctuary, episode 10, season two. Let's get into it.
1: I think this I'm, is a perfect, a perfect episode for tonight. But go on, do the intro. I, sorry,
0: it may very well be, but it was. Uh, I was like. Of all the D. Space Nine episodes, or any kind of science fiction episode you could watch, I don't know if this <laughs> was the one, but yet I think there were things in it that rang true and are very relevant. So I think we like it too. I'm Dave Mater introducing um, this way. Okay, he's on the he's in the top right hand corner of, of our screen. Jeff Mater, my brother. How you doing, Jeff?
2: Good, good. Not here to talk about um, what? Not a great episode, guys. But you know what? I watched it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, bravo. You know, bravo. you watched the episode no. and you showed up with a podcast. So
1: I think... I, think... I do it the Bajoran way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Live long and prosper.
0: Also, introducing uh, co-host Jameel Robinson in the bottom uh, right-hand corner. How are you doing, Jameel?
1: I'm okay. I'm here. Jeff graced us with his presence. Thank you. And You're welcome. And we have, um, you know taking up the dead weight that is jeff from time to time is the wonderful well you're going to introduce them next go ahead
0: well, well why don't you introduce them you were already in the segue hey, no. I, I, I think i'm i gonna give
1: it to you i'm not the host. Okay,
0: Dave, i, I get, you can pass the ball back i'm i'm good with that uh, and and, oh. and 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 introducing lastly ashley and kevin millard joining us as as um, in many weeks here on this podcast you become regulars i'd say you're almost like you're you're transitioning like like uh like garrick into regulars here i'd say you know you're only the regular cast so hey cool and welcome how right. are you guys doing good we're good <laughs> hey, we also hear that this episode
3: yes <laughs> all the way through
2: you're all here on God.
0: election night
3: we are here on election night it's not our election.
0: Day. It's historic. Historic, I'd say.
3: Yeah, it only happens like every 4 years.
0: Well, and, <laughs> if, and do we get to sit down though and talk about episode 10 from season 2, Sanctuary from G-Space 9, which which is a refugee story. So, I think we really got to break down the, the, this episode, guys. Um lot to talk about. Let's let's go let's go full screen. Let's get the, let's, let's we, we need to see each other a little closer here. As we talk about this episode from 1993. Um, So this was an interesting one. Um, Definitely one I remember. Um, Let's start with uh, uh, Kevin and Ashley. Kevin and Ashley, what is your take on Sanctuary?
3: I hate the hairstyles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you're referring to this guest um, species or guest star species, if you will. uh, Species of the week. They're called the Scree, I believe. Screa. Screa? the Screans. Yeah. right? And the Scrians are from the are from the Gamma Quadrant. They're one. They're uh, I think they're one of the f- few to mention the Dominion. Oh yes, let's get let's get this uh, this hairstyle in here just to have a quick look.
1: You mean Bram Stoker's Dracula hairstyle? <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: it's awful. <laughs> well, and they only Herc- have one
4: hairstyle on their entire planet. They all had that. All the women, all the had, women had this.
3: And then all the men it's, were running it. around with like wet limp noodles on their head. Like
2: it's well, it's, the,
0: this is it's how the the North men looked.
2: It's the North Korea of Star Trek.
0: Yes, and this hair do. One hair I, only one uh, hairstyle.
2: They're refugees, they kind of like own thing with they trying to find another place, I don't know. The skin, the flaky skin. Yeah. The f- the. Fl- the f- I feel like I oh, the actors. Like the other guy, I feel like is the guy from um, um, the Bone Collector. He's been in a bunch is. of movies and stuff. Yeah, I know he is yeah. definitely.
0: He was in an episode of Voyager where he played the psychopathic Voyager. hologram. But th- this guy that's on screen right now, does anybody know the connection to Star Trek with him? I didn't
2: know this face. I don't know why. He's I do.
0: the yeah, he's the character who dies quite tragically. Uh, he's the one who won't turn off his engines and, and near the end of this episode and dies. Was it a tragedy?
1: Uh, th- wait, wait. Was it the tragedy?
0: Well, it's tragic and it's reckless, I'd say. A reckless tragedy.
1: I, I say, you know, you do stupid things or you play <laughs> stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Yeah. Uh, I, so-
0: I mean, I didn't,
2: I didn't feel the least bit bad when that ship got destroyed. I went, good. Now <laughs> I don't have to deal with, uh, you know, I don't have to deal with the next scene. The, know, was like, right, yeah. the, the,
0: the boys that just followed this, this, uh, whatever his name was. I've already forgotten his name. The
4: thing uh, with this episode is if they were going to do a refugee story, why did they make the refugees such dicks? Like, yeah, they really were awful. You don't yeah. have any compassion for them at all because they're awful.
2: Why can't Nog just put some fart juice on you and you just have to deal with it? Okay, <laughs> like, look, like that's just something you have to. You know, get don't get in a tizzy over it and get in a fight. You should, know,
1: they should have like, they didn't land any blows on Nog, they kind of got what they deserved. Like <laughs> Nog is defensive. You heard him scream, right? Yeah, like I Jake, I, Jake was more imposing physically than yeah. Nog, right? And Nog had two people on him, and none of them hit like actually gave a blow. Cork had to manhandle these kids and fling them off of it and then set like...
0: them and then hiss at them in order to get them to leave in the Ferengi hissing tradition.
1: <laughs> I'm like, geez. Of course, of course these these uh these uh these aliens, these Skrillians, scrillions, oh. uh were a joke. Like, come on, seriously, like Technically, the Frengi and the Skrillins, you know, would be automatically opposed. I'm surprised it didn't have any scenes. You, uh, what is going on? Dave? <laughs> I'm like getting dizzy. He got
4: lost, <laughs> and he
1: doesn't know how to get back. I'm getting dizzy. I'm like, where? Where am I?
0: <laughs> it's an upside down kind of night here on Election Night on Sanctuary Deep Space Nine at nightish. <laughs>
1: The only
3: buzzwords.
4: The,
1: buzzwords. Uh, I'll, I'll go into what I feel about this episode. I actually like this episode. I think it's it was okay. Which yeah, is can a I lot. Interrupt you than... for
0: one second, though. Sorry, the guy the guy who's on screen. I didn't get to, to say who he was.
1: Go ahead. I'll, Sorry, okay. I, but I just wanted to
0: take him off screen. This is Andrew Caning, the son the, the son of Walter Caning, who plays Chekhov. Yes, well, he was he mm-hmm. died tragically, and I think in New York. 2000 and something, but um, so, yeah, quite a, tr- a sad story. But anyway, I'm sorry, Jamil. Uh, please continue. I'm
1: Thanks. refraining from any jokes about his passing. Rest in peace. All right. Um, oh, I thought he was going to hang around a lot longer.
0: No, I wanted to leave. I wanted to get him off screen so I could come back. So that's why I interrupted
1: you. Sorry. 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 Apologies <laughs> to the family. I do not know
0: his name. I do not know his <laughs> name. Where's that <in> my <laughs>
1: Um, Okay, Um, I'll get enough feedback on Twitter about what I just said. Um, So, about this episode. I thought it was a lot better than it it could have been. I thought it could have been like a season one type of episode. And we we all know the deal there. Um, My things that I felt we were missing was any type of interaction between the female leaders and the Ferengi. I think we missed out on that. Um, That would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. And just the general tone of the episode is just really weird like mm-hmm. the friendship that is there between the main character i i forget, forget her name um, oh uh, T-tena or T-tena for, um
0: sorry her, her name, name is vaina hanik hanik
1: hanik oh yeah hanik and kira it was like you guys aren't really friends like you you laughed about a dress and that was your friendship basically right um so I, I i didn't get how uh there was supposed to be this obligation by kira to like stick up it, ju- it just felt very weird right and th- they jumped to places a lot quicker than they should have this could have taken a couple of episodes and then it made sense one episode not really
2: i have a take on this episode i want to get it off my
0: chest go for it. fire fire it's here
2: I think this is the best example of how Star Trek, especially D6 nine is hypocritical where a prophecy only matters when it's Bajoran prophecy. God forbid another species has a prophecy that is like, so, you know, that, that would like uh, um, conflict with what Bajorans want, you know, but it, cause it has to do with Bajor, right? Like, and, and but they're like not embracing it. They're like, They're like it's like a whole civilization is like begging Bejor to have sex with them, and Bejor's like, "Ah, you know what? We have our own prophecy, and we have our own food, and we can only really feed ourselves here. So, when we need help, we'll ask, but we can't help you, you know. And I I don't know the whole the. I mean, it made sense. I liked it, but at the same time, I kind of thought that Bajor could have been could have been better. could they could have done better in this situation?
1: They could have. And the ending kind of saves that whole like Bajorans being dicks type of thing. you like um, we mm. could have like you guys are dealing with a famine and you're having issues with your farmland and you're saying no to a bunch of farmers who are willing to attempt to fix your problem but you're yeah. like, sorry. No, nah, bro, we don't want to take that chance. Like, this is a society that if they get established, they're going to want to join the Federation. So the Fed- it'll, they'll become the Federation's problem, right? Um, half of them could go to um, Bajor, and the other half can go to the friggin' settlement on the other planet. Like, you would still take that help. You would still want those hands of partnership, right? But no... We're just going to be dicks and say no. We don't want to take that chance. Um, You know, we're going to just you know screw up and do more Bajoran stupid stuff um, for the next um, rest of season until the Dominion shows up. That's the exact quote. That was that's what they discussed. I'm pretty sure.
4: (laughs) I want to know why the Bajorans can't seem to get anything made or farmed or like Mm -hmm. they have a space station. I mean I know that's yes. built by the Cardassians, but there's replicators on that space station. Why do the orphans have no fucking blankets? <laughs>
0: right. It's a good question, Kevin. Why does
4: nobody have any food? Right. Like, Why, since, since when Federation? is there harsh
2: since when is there harsh winters on Bajor? Every time they <laughs> show Bajor, it's like the lush forest you've ever seen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think the relative hardship of Bejor is kind of like this strange, ambiguous thing because you understand that fifty years of occupation, strip mining, uh, uh, abuses left its toll on this planet and and these people, uh, and and how they handle this refugee situation in this episode is telling about uh, some things, you know, about them. I think just about what how people felt about refugees at the time, I still do, you know, or, or they still do, or people still do. Like it's, it's, it's not always uh, an easy topic. And I think especially how it's portrayed in this episode is not reflective of what you would see today. Cause normally it's, it's um, the issue is in, in terms of the public conversation is much more sympathetic towards people and refugees, but clearly here in 1993, less so. Less so, it seems like they are willing to show more of the viewpoint of the people who feel the burden of that, like in these Bajorans and in Quark, you know, as well. In his words, Um, not the Federation, because they're like, there's always Draylon too. We got plenty of planets that are really nice, and you can have whatever nice planet you want. Um, We're just, but, but but, but to your point, Jeff, they still can't give blankets to the kids, but they have planets aplenty.
4: Kind of what I mean about the Screea being dicks is like they came through the wormhole. The Federation was like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going? You want a planet? (laughs) We got a planet for you. You need one, right? Right. Three million people, sure." And then they're like, "No, we'd rather have your house. Like, we'd rather have your planet." Yeah. Like.
1: Yeah, our
2: prophecy (laughs) says that it's got to be your planet. And and the Bejorans
4: are like, fuck your prophecy.
0: This
4: isn't really <laughs> different when it's a choice between staying on Bajor and going back to the oppression you're you're facing in the gamma quadrant. But no, your choice is between having your own planet and staying on this planet that's not yours.
3: And is already occupied. And is
4: already occupied. Like
0: And they haven't even been to that planet yet.
4: No,
2: they don't no, care because <laughs> it's the prophecy. It's the, the, the whole thing.
1: They go to this other planet and it's better than Bajor, they're like, oh man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we lucked out. Thank you, Federation. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Like and
4: they would have lucked out because there's no Bajorans on that planet.
2: <laughs> it's so nice over here on <laughs> Draylon 2.
4: <laughs> Come on. Oh.
2: The sun sets so beautifully on Draylon too. let me tell you.
1: You're (laughs) right, though. The Bejor is a a planet trying to get back on its feet. And you have, like, an entire species that's like, yo, we're willing to help you out. Yeah. Right? They could say, hey, look, some of you can settle here. You guys have a thing, and, you know, we can work out something as we go on. Right, because I know how important this land is for you. Right. But understand that Bajor is not Cantana. Right? Yeah. It's not Cantana. But we can call this new Palencia, right? This northern Palencia that has been ravaged as Cantana, as like a state, an independent state. Yeah. Right. And you but we can make a deal where if you make anything, you have to share a portion of it with the entirety of Bejor, right? Build up a relationship, right? Yeah. We can't we can't handle everyone. Let's come in the middle. No, get out. no nope. I
0: nope. but, but got
1: 45 minutes to in tell the this. Story.
3: defense. Imagine you've been oppressed for 50 years and been occupied for 50 years and then 3 million people that you have never met before goes, hey, we're going to move into your planet.
0: I get it. No, I understand where the Bajorans are coming from. I think that they they do a lot in this episode to show sort of the situation. They set up this whole opening scene in this episode is between Cisco and Kira, how she can't keep up with her job because she's too busy trying to like fight with the provisional government about where they need to prioritize their spending, or but the whatever. whole
1: beginning just shows how badly run Bejor is. Oh yes. right. <laughs> yeah, girl, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like well, you know, they're dealing with a lot of hardship. No, the conversation we're having is these people are fools, and it's hard dealing with them because nothing is getting done.
4: Yeah.
1: Right.
4: Yeah, that's the whole premise at the beginning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I just have a hard time fo- like I get where that the for the, the provisional government says no to this korean refugee uh, uh settlement but the uh, the vedic assembly and the religious aspect is a bit suspect here because i like, i just don't not really fully understand how much how, how similar the bajoran religion is to like christianity or not but like most religions are pretty like missionary in the sense that they try to like take in the the people who are in the, the poorest or who have been in, in some of the most toughest situations in life, uh, or or th- those those who need it most, really, is what I'm trying to get to. And and they're like, no, you know, we, we we're kind of with the government on this. Uh, you know, the whole religion's like, go live on Drelon too, like Cisco told you to.
1: Even you Kara know? agreed. She was
2: like, you guys should go live on Drelon too.
1: Don't deal with our garbage. you yeah, <laughs> don't want to come out. Get out. Get out. That's, that's why
4: I don't really think that this this episode is a is a, a true refugee story, because they it's not an option of going back to the Gamma Quadrant. They're given a good option of their own place to live. The Federation is like, we'll set you up. We'll get you like we'll get everything set up. Here's a planet, and they they want to go to Bajor. That's not really, yeah. Like, it would have been it would
2: have been better had they had to go back to the camera Quadrant.
4: Then you have a compelling episode. Yeah. yeah,
2: and they didn't do that. And they, you know, they probably easily could have and they probably knew that it would have been good. And they knew they wanted to end it the episode in that like bitter taste in your mouth way where like, you yeah. know, what's her name? He Hanika or Hanik. Um, she like yeah, like is like you're not my friend, and she like walks off into the ship and then like leaves. And Kira's like, she "Damn, she doesn't
1: say it in that order." She says, "You're not my friend for not." And then when she like stops being emotional like a man, uh, she uh, she she comes and uh, she's like, "Look," and she I think she her con- her statement is rational. Yes, they could help, but like Kira. Being the very poor diplomat that she is, did not rebut and say, We can find some middle ground. You were asking for all or nothing. I'm sorry. You got to go to another planet. Right. Too bad, too sad. Right. Um, I wish this episode kind of, I wish it was like a two parter, but yet I don't because there's more chances of it being extra long and annoying where it's just more talk about Bejor, which doesn't lead to anything good. Um, but like th- this race, the uh, Skaleans, right? Um, uh,
0: this the ski Skoreans, Skoreans,
1: what Sc- whatever, right? Whatever it is, right? right. Flaky, the flaky, uh, the flake, the skin flaky people, yeah, yes. the- <laughs>
0: dandruff people.
1: Um, pa- head and Pan, shoulders, Panting Pan Pro V, dude, Panting Pro V. Right,
0: they're they're all.
1: A- um, so their their religion says that they're going to return back to their original home. Um, was Bajor original Cantana? Were they split off? And do they partly own part of Bajor? Like, like all these kind of details. are They're like, we belong here because we came from here, and we're just returning home, right? So, you know, it's not that you're kicking out this other race that's just said, hey, we had some vague statement about... Um, you know, we have a, a home on the other side of the door, right? It's like we actually come from here too. We just left a long time ago and our race is just split apart. Um, that would have been kind of interesting. Yes. Um, but Do you know what would have been I know, cool? But then I know this show mm-hmm. and then it wouldn't be interesting because it would have been a very long or two parter. So <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Do
2: you know what would have been interesting though if they had done this that if they'd 3 million Bajorans that have been stuck in the gamma quadrant
0: it's breaking up for you yeah
1: that that would have been interesting jeff i agree sorry three million, <laughs> million but yeah, in the delta quadrant. if it
2: had been three million in the gamma quadrant and then like they come back and whether or not the bajor like they just basically said it was because you know it's three million people it didn't really matter the race but did it? I think it might have I well, think,
4: I, uh, think uh, I don't think they'd have a choice but to take back three million Bajorans.
0: Yes. Well yeah, I think so. I think no I think that that, that is important to note because uh, we a few episodes ago the the, fir- the three part epic that started this season two. Oh how could we forget? How could we forget was all about I how the Bajorans... I can were incredibly uh xenophobic after this uh, occupation you know they are traumatized by the occupation and and uh they are wary of outsiders clearly like that you know that yeah. at least a good portion of them are um and uh yeah they're not they're not a perfect people are they i don't even know if they're even a at this point right like they legitimately and and i don't think that they're necessarily federation worthy at this point and isn't that what cisco's whole mission is you know, and I feel like he doesn't look too good in this mission because he's like, "There's always Draylon too," and then Jake shows up. He <laughs> goes, "Hey, I heard my dad says you're going to Draylon too," and he goes, "Oh, is that where you want to move to? Well, I don't want to go there either." You know, and Jake should have said like, have "Go well, no, I have a home
1: already. You don't. <laughs> It's like, no, I'm cool in this station.
0: I, if I was Jake, I would be like, well, I don't want to move to Bajor either, but that's not really the point. You know? it's,
1: uh... Have you seen my new girlfriend, the dabble yeah. girl? I'm not leaving <laughs> here. I am like, like 14, okay. and I've got this 21-year-old yeah. yeah, girl.
2: Like,
4: I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> How is that even
2: possible? Like he's literally wearing like kitty pajamas, and <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I'm dating the Dabo girl." <laughs> like, what is going on?
1: Maybe, like, maybe she was a <laughs> member of Nexium. Both if of these like- outfits
0: that Jake wears are
1: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. We've
0: seen these before. They're not yeah. new. Oh, they're no.
4: they're a throwback to next gen. Every guest star old man wore that thing where the <laughs> <like> two puzzles. <laughs> <from each other. laughs> Absolutely.
2: Yeah. But poor Jakey, like the first two seasons, he's just been wearing these onesies that he looks like he's like a baby that, like, is going to, like, needs to be fed, like, with the airplane. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. A black small wonder. Here's the plane.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but I'm I'm dating the the stripper girl that's right. you like, know like, spinning the he, wheel. You know, yeah. like
0: here you see it, right? Like it's just this um ridiculous. It looks like thing. something
1: out of the 70s, like a 70s it, sci-fi show. Yeah. Like later I
0: mean, on, he'll get the he'll get these like more stylish uh, shirts. The nineties,
1: but... like All you need is parachute pants underneath on the bottom. Oh, there!
4: Oh my God! Yes, that's so (laughs) nineties. Unbelievable.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, it's just Jake Jake never quite gets his outfits.
1: It gets (laughs) a little better, but it gets older. It's worst when it becomes a writer, and then he has like adult version. You know, he's always
0: wearing a vest. He's
2: always got like a vest and a baggy shirt on.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He had worse outfits than even like Alexander and Wesley Crusher. Like, <laughs> you know, saying that's something. saying something.
4: I think the outfit from this episode is a hand me down from Alexander. <laughs> it, may, it might be.
1: It might be. <laughs> just stretch it out.
0: <laughs> right, but um, let just get back to the screens. Yeah, like I feel like they do. The, the writing is very biased in terms of presenting kira as this person in this tough situation i think they do a lot to make hanik unlikable yeah right uh actually they they don't do much to make her likable at all uh, uh you know other than she's somebody in trouble and 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 sympathetic but but once they can have a dialogue and i don't know like what do you guys think of the even not to judge other cultures but what Shit. do you what would you judge of the screen culture with their look, uh matri-
1: i can't blame i can't look let's let's go back a little bit i can't blame her she's a farmer she's not like a politician she's yeah. in an like a situation where she's supposed to make these decisions i don't think she's probably well educated so like but she's the best of what they have right or they've decided so like it's not her fault i don't blame her right so like let, let's let's just move from there let's just move from. Is okay. I
0: can't help it. It's Jeff.
1: <laughs> Jeff.
0: I don't know why it drops it even when there we go.
1: Every <laughs>
4: time you put that one on, you're just like, I like this one.
0: <laughs> I kind of like this. I'm the biggest up here. Oh, you down here? Well, listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, 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 we're all we're all in different quadrants. I'm, I'm now in the gamma quadrant up here.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. Beta. Uh, beta. <laughs> you're beta, bro. Um, look, you're you're talking about okay. This race, they're not um, presented as being s- sympathetic. Um, yes and no. Like in these situations, like th- they're in a, a unfortunate situation altogether, where there's going to be a, a lot of Uh, People who are scared and frightened and they're not uh, like if this was like a a Federation ship or something, this would be a different situation. But they're automatically just pushed to these, like all these different races and cultures, which they have no type of idea how it works. So they're just kind of pissing everyone off because people don't understand them. Um, You know,
0: I want to clarify something. I do think that they are sympathetic it's not that I don't I, – I think that there's, their history, if, if it's to be taken at face value, seems like, yeah, they they were conquered by a race that was then conquered by the Dominion, and that's how they've escaped. Is that what happened? And and they're spread out, and they're just looking for their promised land. They're a Zionist movement or, or sort of allegory, and I think that that is also to be sort of looked at here. I do think that they're sympathetic. I think it's more that they're – okay, Hanik uh, – their culture, their society decided that the one who found the wormhole, for better or worse, I would say worse, gets to make all the decisions. They're like, it's all like the council of women, right? Like, you know, or whatever, like the, the leader women. They're all like, it's all up to you. And and like, I don't even think Hanik's like their, their brightest or best or she's clearly so single minded about this. She just gets this like. What if we move to Bejor? The musician guy gives me the idea, right? And so she, um, she, she doesn't seem like the best option. But these three million people have, I guess, chosen her in in their system. Fine. Um, I think the fact that all of their men are just a bunch of grunts or a bunch of like dumb guys who fight each other is kind of interesting. Too much. They're too emotional. They're emotional to penises. Fight. That's what they are. Emotional, emotional penises. penises. But, but quite useful, evidently. But quite, useful. Yeah, quite <laughs> useful. So was Buddy like the guy who dies? Walt, who was played by Andrew Cane? was he? Was he her son?
3: Yes.
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah. And
0: was one of those two other guys like his dad?
1: Yeah. Maybe one. Maybe one of his dads.
0: Maybe it's two. Maybe they're like yeah. Okay. Okay. I was just like, because we don't. That's not. Fully explain like what the like other than I guess she has those two husbands, one of which is I guess played by that guy who was in the bone collector and some other movies. Yeah, uh, the,
1: she's the bone collector now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dave, you see oh. what I did there? Did you see what I did there? No. Bone collector. She's the bone collector, cause she collects dudes.
0: Ah uh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. I'm with you on that. Wait, but but did you guys know that the guy, the the Veron? Well, I, I don't want to, this. Might be a fun fact. I can't spoil it. But
1: I think I think Jeff has multitude of fun facts. If he loses one, he'll be okay.
0: Okay, the guy who was the the Bajoran musician. I'm on a, on a tangent here. He was from the episode Trials and Tribulations, the triple episode, right? He's like that uh, Federation administrator guy who's like. Kirk, I'll see you go to hell for what you done to my grain or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. yeah, like, um, where the guy who's just giving Kirk the shit all the time in the triple episode. Yeah, that yeah, was the yeah. same guy.
1: Full circle. Cool. Wow. There you go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, another thing. Rom and Jake's inclusion just seems like all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're just gonna include these characters, they come so late in the episode, and it's just yeah. like, what? Like, it just Rom was to- doing
0: stock inventory, Rom wasn't in this
1: episode. Sorry, Nog, Nog, and Jake, uh-huh. yeah, Nog, and Jake. Uh, I like. A- That
2: was the only scene I kind of liked in this episode was when Odo's like grilling Nog, and then Quark walks in and is like, I would never say such a thing. And he's just like kind of like goes into the gymnastics with Nog. That was the only part of the episode I liked.
4: Yeah, I love whenever (laughs) whenever uh he would he would say, like, you're not gonna do that again, he'd go, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He'd say, (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm not.
4: Right, right, I'm not. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But yeah, the Jake is slowly teaching Nog how to be good, but he's like, <laughs> yeah. what? No, this goes against everything I've been taught.
1: So, etymology. What is etymology? <laughs> she she yeah. studies bugs. Ah, she's gonna be a <laughs> chef. <laughs> <laughs> like, <Yeah>. wow.
0: <laughs> Some decent stuff here. And I just think like more of this, you know, this legacy of Jake and Nog that they're building throughout is is just great stuff, you know. Like it's their there's a history here that's earned. Right, even just in episodes like this, you know that this is kind of a forgettable episode, but all these little moments add up, right, over the course. I think that their friendship is one of the be- things that works pretty well over the course of the show. Yeah, as a, as a as a connective tissue between the seasons. So yeah, I'm with you. That that's great. I like Quark being Quark forever. You know, for better or worse. You know, for, he's always unapologetically himself uh, throughout. Yeah and uh and, you know even this whole thing at the beginning where he's he's got the that same musician guy that we mentioned was the from the triple episode and he's like um kira like these are bringing down my profits i'm bringing i'm monitoring them hourly i i, I just love to he's just like my gross profits my projections but yeah. he's, he's throwing up all his fiscal uh debates i was like this is this is some great writing here i, I whoever <laughs> wrote this episode
1: i feel like i'm at work this hourly what? tracking. Well, me Prophets
0: too. But I, I was like, I speak Prophets this. Profits are language. down
1: twenty percent in the last hour. Fre- I'm gonna go on business. It's like, wait, what? Frederick,
2: Frederick Rappaport wrote it.
1: Is he related to Michael Rappaport?
2: I don't know. <laughs> there was he. a
1: lot. There was a lot less f bombs. He
2: he also wrote "Move Along
0: Home." Boom. Boom! Yes.
1: LLBRA! Right. LLBRA!
4: LLBRA!
2: LLBRA! LLBRA!
0: Nog is the best fight. I don't think I I, I don't think anyone was trashing Nog. I think everyone LLBRA likes LLBRA Nog. The
4: best, but I like Nog.
2: He's not the best. Even he's Nog like he's top he's five. Like maybe
0: right.
1: Oh, and he's responsible that? for um uh casting Vic Fontaine.
0: That's not good. That's that's taking some <laughs> time to no. Yeah, uh, uh, Wait, Pally.
1: I don't want to talking about
4: bad about me, Pally.
0: Let's just get an update from, from Ashley. How far through season seven of D Space Night uh, are yeah. you now, right now?
4: Same as last time at the
0: quarterway, yeah. Uh, at the
3: thought...
4: Esri going home one, yeah. I've not uh, watched. Right.
1: Oh,
0: no, <laughs> I've
3: been watching other stuff,
0: yeah. You don't want to you don't just want to <laughs> power through to the end at this point, huh? You're, I'm you're really just... good, yeah. I want to
1: take a break.
4: Yeah, that episode just takes the life out of you.
0: Yeah, and I think that well, just while we're on Vic Fontaine, even though he's nowhere near this point of the show, uh, he gets overused. Oh, <laughs> <For> yeah. <sure. laughs> so much. So much overuse. It was fine. you guys, But you, you guys, like, unscrewed the salt shaker and
1: all the stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was too much.
2: Yeah, it was too much Vic Fontaine in Season 7.
1: Oh, way yeah. too much.
0: But yeah, us like, lean into
1: Let's lean <laughs> into it.
0: I, right. I, he, too much iris steven is like i can do whatever the hell i want it's season seven and i'm throwing vic fontaine in every episode yeah, and i
4: like vic fontaine guys <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i
0: like him and i like sinatra and the rat pack and shit like that look
1: so. i i love the rat pack i'm a huge rat pack fan um oh wow um <laughs> <laughs> look i like the rat pack i could do without uh vic fontaine um, his combination of like, like Dean Martin is Dean Martin. We don't need another Dean Martin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was not charismatic enough to kind of play that gig. Yeah. So yeah. look, Pally. Oh my gosh! Stop, Pally. It. I can't stop yeah. it, please. Stop it. <laughs> stop it, jeez.
2: Why the oh, long the-
0: face? I hate. I hated when all of the of the show, especially Voyager. Voyager went to the had, like went through these series of like holodeck scenes that they had, oh, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, Da Vinci, I the Da, da Vinci, Vinci with...
0: or that was that yeah. weird resort one they had for like a couple seasons, or there was the pool hall, or there was the. Um... I think
4: because, yeah. but it's because, um, Next Gen did holodeck episodes really well, generally, and then they've never, none of the series have recaptured that that kind of
2: thing. i think voyager had a few but um like the like the mutiny episode with the holodeck and uh there's a couple but
0: what about badgie <laughs> no here's a question for you because i i was thinking about this tonight with just the fact that they had this musician guy verani was playing this weird bajoran uh clarinet thing or whatever it was and uh oboe perhaps and like what and the fact that later on it will become Vic Fontaine's 60s holodeck or Suite program will become like this big set piece for the show. But like, don't you think quarks would really serve from having some kind of a stage in its like setup like or something? because why couldn't yeah. Vic Fontaine have been playing quarks um, instead of that?
1: Reduces the amount of seats available. He probably makes more money with the dabble tables there than he does with the stage. Yeah, that's probably right. probably it.
0: I I just mean like if they yeah well you could have it set up to have both or because this place like I I because I go on Star Trek Online the game I play it was really fun. Uh, you can go there. You can go to D Space Nine. And Jeff, you've been there, right? And you you were like, wow, they got all this like seating up here mm, in the open level. I don't know if I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was like, don't do that to me, Jeff. Don't undersell it. You were there.
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's hold on. Let's hold on now. I was that wowed.
1: <laughs> like Star Trek Online. It's really fun. I like how you put that yeah. subtitle there.
2: It's really fun. Uh, if you want to play with me, my my handle is uh, uh, Davis Rocks sixty
0: nine. <laughs> uh, if you want, so. TNG did de- decent holodeck episodes, except any of them with Barkley. Um oh, Barkley. They, I think they all had bad and good holodeck episodes, I guess. Mm-hmm. but
1: The best ones were with does Shorty. DS9
0: have? Does ds t- any holiday episodes? DS9? Yeah. 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 Bro, Everything with Jake Van Tane we talked <laughs> well, about. Yeah. The Man, best is right uh, yet to come, Jeff.
4: The one where they all get stuck in one of Bashir's... Um... Is it Arben Bashir? Uh, one of his, Bashir's... Uh,
3: his like James Bond. James film, Bond. James
2: right? Bond. It's Arben yes. Bashir,
1: right? That's the episode. That one's good.
2: Yeah, that one's good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess there is. There's basically Bashir and Vic Fontaine. That's it, really, because like we never see like O'Brien kayaking, but he likes to talk about it a lot.
0: <laughs> he goes like and like there's a bunch of holodeck programs we don't really get to see much of or at all like there's a, a, a um O'Brien and Bashir later on will do Battle of Britain as a couple in World War yeah, 2 Alamo um, or they'll do yeah the Alamo or they'll do the um the, the uh, some Irish battle or something yeah they're all back dressed fur. yeah they're all dressed up and i think that uh, Dax and Kira like to dress up as princesses and go uh or da- you know do medieval type stuff or Let's,
1: let's be honest. Dax is like, oh, let me find the right holiday program because I bet you all of them are pervy. Like, there's like <laughs> 99 of them are like, Ooh, can't show you this one, but this one is, it, um, this one's safe for work. Let's do that, all right? Yeah. Um, you even seen? Let's let's talk about some important facts. So you see, was it Morin um, hanging out with that um, sweet lady? When he started to cry, she drapes herself all over him. Right? Dude, mm-hmm. dude pulls, man. Dude got skills. It's those whiskers. It's the whiskers. Right? It's Always. the whiskers. The ladies love them. What can he say?
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was funny. Like, there's some good, like, there was some interesting, yeah, especially Morn, I think has a great moment here. Um <laughs>
1: He, like like, so over. I'm like, what, is he going to say something? He's like, nope. He gets the cloth and just starts wiping. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I really remember this episode watching it back in, in 1993 or 4, whenever I saw it for the first time. And I think I really remember this as being one of the Star Trek episodes uh, that didn't have a good ending to it, that had left you sort of feeling un Resolved. There were others before this, but uh, this one stood out to me in sort of like the, how I remember Deep Space Nine, especially these early seasons where you have like the story that is kind of like saying, well, things are not all simple in the Federation and they don't, it's not always wrapped up by the ending, which is kind of what other Star Trek stories are, especially next gen that came before this. Um, Usually happy ending.
1: Everyone lived together and um, they didn't run out of resources. And we left, and we never checked to see how things played out. The end. TNG.
0: Well, all the st- I think all Star Trek writers struggle with this, right? Because it was Gene Roddenberry's like, no, we have utopia, and there aren't these issues, and the, the calamities that our heroes are going to run into are mostly external. They're going to run into these aliens. They're going to run into this thing that is going to be trying to get them. But generally, like we're not, it, the, the problems are not inward. You're not, you're not fighting with each other. You're not fighting with, um, maybe certain races like the Klingons you are, but you're not, you're not fighting yourselves, right? There's not like domestic issues as much. Um, and, but writers, especially the next gen, by the next gen era, they were like, how the hell are we going to write stories where there's no conflict, uh, where, where, where the characters just get along all the time who, you know,
1: um, we do an and episode they, with none of the main characters, and Picard is uh, John McClane. That's how <laughs> we do it,
0: <laughs> right? And it's so they're all. I think that's always like the balance. These characters sort of like even if you go back, like there was conflict between Spock and McCoy, right? There always was. There's there's always been conflict with these characters, but it's but they're still irrevocably on each other's side right no matter what all right do you
2: guys think like cisco kind of sucks in this episode he's kind of like kira they seem to like you you do everything you know
0: seem to
4: find his mojo until about the halfway through the third season
2: but it's like in the the it's like in the plot like it's like basically like cisco you're gonna kind of like you don't have to do too much let kira take this
4: cisco's recovering from the lost love of the last episode All she right. just walks away. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, uh, he's like, "I. This is my week off, man. This is where I got to dial in a couple crap scenes. What about Draylon too? Am I done?" See ya.
1: It's like, look, I gave you food, I gave you a planet. Like, dude, what else All do you right. want from what me? What more do you want? I just,
3: <laughs> I think he didn't want to deal with trying to, um, some. Sorry, I was reading that. I don't, I I don't, I think Cisco was just like, oh, no, universal translator. We can't understand what they're saying. I don't want to deal with this. Here, you take it. Like, he's yeah, just passing She seems up, to like you. Right. Yeah, like, oh, she seems to like you. You do it, and he's just smiling on his way back to his office. I can rock baseball, and I don't have to deal with these fucking aliens. I can't understand. Look,
1: he did it to Bashir. Now it's her turn. I don't. Yeah, Cisco is
3: just like, I don't want to look at their ugly faces. I'm going back to my office. Kira, deal with it.
0: Yeah. Do you think that Cisco's a demanding boss?
4: Cisco is like, hey, if there's a war, I'll shave. Grow a beard. I'll shave my head, and we'll we'll do stuff. But until then, I'll be in my office. You fucking deal with stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he's like he's so passive. I thought you were gonna fix the replicators. <laughs> he's kind of passive aggressive. He's like, I know you're busy. I know exactly what you're dealing with. I still need it done though. Yeah. Like yeah, you can't yeah. help me. You can't. You get. You're chilling in your office, right? You can't like take something off my plate. No. You'll get to it. Just make sure you do.
4: To answer your question, Dave, I think he's demanding but also forgiving. Like he's, you're damn right, you man. should have checked. You're damn right, you should have checked. <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: yeah, he might like he's
4: yelling, but no one ever faces real consequences from
0: question. Question, Harry. We we I don't think do we ever see cisco dress down jake like he does one of his officers ever no no i don't not not even not even close right like when when is the biggest mess up jake has in the whole run i can't recall like like, even
2: tonight like it was like (laughs) somehow jake is always with nog and nog's getting arrested or in trouble (laughs) and you know but jake's just there and he's like oh i was reading the book and drinking some apple juice i don't know what's going on (laughs) you know (laughs)
0: like
2: (laughs) and i'm just like like of course jake nothing jake never does anything wrong so cisco he was in a brawl. He was in a <laughs> brawl.
0: <laughs> hey, Jake yeah. likes orange juice. Man, come on. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. The, dude a,
1: the dude was in a brawl, and he didn't get in trouble. Nope. No. W- yeah. With refugees, the leader's son is involved. and didn't get po- possibly
0: a hate crime because he threw that stink bomb at that guy. Well, you know well, Nog did. He was, Nog did. Yeah. He's, but he yeah. was an accomplice. Was he?
3: They got payback. They got right. Nog squealing like a pig on the floor. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, was it legal what uh, Odo did with Nog's <laughs> ear to pull him away by the ear,
1: grabbed him by his oh. crotch?
3: But where was he? Where was he and the security team when the fight was happening? Nobody
4: yeah. was shot or assassinated.
1: Odo was nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> He's just right. there to clean up the pieces. Yeah. That's Odo, Odo, Odo got there first.
2: Cor- Odo says you can't run on the promenade. That's the number one thing. Just right. Don't run on a goddamn promenade.
4: That is prime directive. No running on. No. A... What? Why? What
0: happened? What happened when someone ran on the promenade? Because
2: you could run, trip, and then fall down one of those holes uh, <laughs> and fall and fall a full story to your death.
1: <laughs> yes. Um,
0: <laughs> the danger doesn't seem that intense. <laughs>
1: um. Okay, so l- l- let's, once again, I keep on talking about this random stuff. So when Jake and Nog were on the steps, did it seem like the bars were higher up? Because usually they're able to put their arms. Yeah. In, like, they seem like, different yeah. somehow.
2: You're it's right. Like They lowered it. They lowered it. Yeah, for sure they did.
1: Um, <laughs> I got to bring up this fact that it was 2 on one and none of them got a clear shot on Nog. I'm just like, come on. He's you guys- yeah, it was a long
2: time too. It was a long time on the ground.
1: Um, so yeah. wait if the lobes are like the penises, so when Jake was talking about his new girlfriend and Nog mentions that could they have could he could they have sisters and starts rubbing his ears, is that akin to some dude talking to his friend about hey, can you hook me up and start rubbing his crotch? Because uh, yeah. it's kind of awkward. <laughs> right. I think this is one of the weirder parts
0: of Ferengis because they have this. Okay. But Ferengis also have a dick, right? Well, uh, I would, well,
3: think, I would so. think so for procreation,
0: right? So why are why so. anything bo-
4: come out of their ears.
0: Both their ears and their uh, sexual. No. Oh, are erogenous e- zones. Their ears are like their tits.
2: You know, like they. They're they, like they, their they tits. B- yeah, they rub the tits. They get they they feel for the weather, you know. They get the uh, they get the intuition for money through their yeah. I think so. I think it's more like their tits.
1: Is is that <laughs> is that what works for you and your tits, um, Jeff? <sighs> Can you yes. sense the weather from your?
0: <laughs> this podcast has gone off the rails here.
1: <sighs> and it isn't you this time. It's Notice the lobes. It's it was the lobes, the lobes. do they the have lobes. the
0: lobes for it? yeah and the fact that yeah you're kind of like stroking it sometimes or sometimes women stroke <laughs> it and they go ah it's like and so I don't know it's it's an odd thing no other no other alien species in Star Trek has this or science fiction in general that I can think of has this quality
1: <laughs> Outwardly really just fondling themselves in public I love it right in right. oh, somewhere oh, they, yeah like, oh,
0: man, this is my oh, rochester you know, know? Yeah. on my
1: my chin oh,
0: wow. yeah <laughs> hey, let's keep it pg all right <laughs> i all I, need right.
1: To, I need to download this episode and make that into a gif of ah! oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay what else is there to talk about we talked about jake the fight um that whole minister scene, like I just want to talk about that woman who was like from the provincial government. she like, we talked about it for many hours; it got quite heated, you know. And she's just talking; she's just like this Bajoran bureaucrat <laughs> with the with the guy. I loved this scene. I just thought it was hilarious. I was, you know, like how this whole thing played out and how people give you fake answers in life and whatever. Um,
1: but don't worry, that seems to come up later in Fun Facts with Jeff.
0: Right. Next question. At the end, where Hanik says to Kira, you know, you are afraid and suspicious people. What the Cardassians have done to you, you should be pitied. Does Hanik have a point?
3: Yeah. Sure? <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you think that message gets through to Kira here? No. Bajoran's no. got
1: a Bajoran, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's like, I don't like you. Uh, you go. We Line 3 looks like a lovely place. Get off. Don't even, you know, I agree with my government here. You're not and, my uh, friend anymore. You're my friend. I'm not your friend. And uh, see you later. We'll never see you again.
0: My final <laughs> question is, do we hope we see the screens again in Star yeah. Trek? No. Never. But-
4: a- if we do, no. I hope they're the next Klingons. Like they're the enemy <laughs> they hate. Yeah, the, yeah.
0: The Draalon Empire. We hate yeah. the the Bajorans. Bajorans.
4: How they were treated by the Bajorans, right? <laughs> and, and then they team. <laughs> they, and, they, they, the Federation allowed it, and now they're just they're out for vengeance.
2: And they team up with the Cardassians. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. the Bactrians. Yeah, they're like we're taking back our Cantana. Um, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. For Cantana. I think we, We're I think gonna we send you the, the
1: profits. Time. Don't worry, we'll jettison you out of the airlock, all right, so you can go to the celestial palace. We'll give you that respect.
0: <laughs> all right, you want to go to fun facts with Jeff? I'm ready. All right, Jeff, who do you want to hear to start a sound clip? Name a character
2: from Tuesdays Nine. Yeah. Give me Bashir.
0: Okay. Where's Bashir?
4: By the way, I just had the most interesting conversation with Constable Odo. It seems he's under the impression that I was a member of the Obsidian Order. What did you tell him? That he was mistaken, of course. And he believed you. Or he said something about keeping a closer eye on me in the future. I told him, be
2: my guest. I have nothing to hide. I just love that. Okay. Okay. Fun facts with Garrick. Uh, here, here, we, here we go. Uh, Kitty Swink, who played uh, Minister Rosahan,
0: is Armin Shimmerman's wife.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. So there you
0: go. Oh, Andrew- oh the one, Sorry, the one who was like, We can't be bringing you over here because you might get cold and we don't have enough blankets for the orphans.
2: Yes, we do. Yeah. That's exactly. That's exactly who we're talking you think about. That's how yeah.
0: she talks to Armin Shimmerman. She's like, Quark? She went <laughs> to, to the studio today.
2: <laughs> he calls him Quark. Yeah. Armin, you're taking too much of the blankets.
0: Armin, I won't take like, enough I,
2: blankets for cold. the
1: orphans if you take all the blankets in the bed. <laughs> I call him Quark when I'm bad at him. That's my pet name for him. Uh,
4: he
2: he's like he he left some dirty dishes out on the counter. Quark! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh my gosh! All right, uh, Andrew Koenig, who, who we uh, Dave previously mentioned, who plays Tumak, is the son of Walter Koenig who played Pavel Chekhov in the original Star Trek 1966, which is, you know, also uh, not so a fun fact. Um, killed himself in, I think, yeah, you're right, Dave, in the year 2000, he hung himself in the British Columbian forest, and Walter Koenig and 11 other family members had to go search in the forest to find the man's body. Uh, yeah. And then, then they started a foundation to prevent suicide. So,
0: yeah, so that's... uh. And he yeah, spent then, like he sp- he spent a lot of his life in Canada for some reason too. Yeah,
1: but, because it's yeah. awesome here. That's why. That's
2: why. Yeah. He was like, you know what? If I if I'm gonna live, it's gonna be in Canada.
1: You um, want freedom?
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, the music Varani is playing in Corks in the beginning of the episode is a variant of the Star Trek DS9 theme song.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, is that what it was? I was like,
0: I know this yeah, tune.
3: You can, you can tell. It was a banger. Yeah.
0: Do 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 do. Do, 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 do. Maybe this is Benny, Benny, what's his name? Benny Hill? Is that, was that his name? Benny Russell, the writer? Maybe this is all inside his head anyway. Maybe. Barbie on the stars. Benny Hill.
2: The Scria makeup is one of the uh, makeup supervisor Michael Westmore's favorite makeups due to its simplicity and effectiveness. <laughs> No, it's, it's the ugliest, yeah. grossest oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> it looks like somebody spat on uh, every one of their faces. Yeah.
0: And once they threw in the line that they shed everywhere, like I was like, oh, like this is not
3: good. Like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they they all look like a popcorn ceiling.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, pretty much. style. It's, style. It, it looks like somebody spit on their face and then that spit dried and then <laughs> was just like on their face. It's like it's just
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that is that yeah. how is that how they farm the flakes from their skin go into the soil?
2: Mhm. That's how they, that's how they make it fertile. They could have helped badger out idiots What a bunch of you, why couldn't you just take like at least 500,000 screas, right? You, you start with a little bit and then you bring them over. You filter them over from Dreon to or whatever. Uh, you know, that's what you do anyway. Um next fun fact, this uh, Episode takes place on the exact same star date as Star Trek The Next Generation's Parallels. It's happened it's the same broadcast. day. Yeah, it takes place on the same day.
0: Busy day. That's my favorite next gen episode. Wow. Which one is Parallels? That's the one where Worf's jumping around all the different timelines. Oh,
2: that. Is, oh, yeah. And he's like banging Deanna Troy and like yeah. for one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah they were a good couple before the uh, Dax and uh,
1: Worf couple.
2: Right. Um, after Varani's performance, the Bajorans in the bar, including Kira, clap as humans do. In earlier and later episodes, they clap with their with their palm to the back of their hand.
0: This is the Bajoran clap. Yeah. They think they're like, Well, I guess we could try this human clap. No, no, get rid of this.
2: Kinda, you know what I kinda like the Bajoran clap
0: better? <laughs> yeah. Bad a no, Bad
4: boy. bad. Oh, it looks like you're all slapping a fish.
3: Yeah,
4: <laughs> a dead
1: fish. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay, okay. So, the main Skria ship seen docked at Deep Space Nine was a reuse of the Promelian battlecruiser model from Star Trek Next Generation. The booby trap, Glenn Newfeld and David Takumura created some of the background Skria ships out of parts from model planes, cars, and tanks.
0: The Skria ships look better than the Bajoran ships. <laughs>
1: Jeez. <laughs> cuz yeah. they're so they're probably technologically uh, superior.
0: Well, maybe. Mm-hmm.
1: So they're like we did a we did a rating of your land and your land's fine. You guys just are dumb. Sorry, go Kev- go ahead Kevin.
4: Sorry, they have to be more technologically advanced. The can't even muster up some blankets for kids.
0: <laughs> for the orphans. <laughs> and they, the Federation somehow can't get them blankets either. For reasons I know,
1: they didn't ask. That's why. <laughs> yeah,
0: Cisco's like, oh. like, well, if Kara did her job and put her reports in on time, maybe those orphans <laughs> would have
4: blankets. Cisco's just sitting around, going, you know, if you became a member, maybe we could do with the blankets. But you know, as long as you we know, are too busy and-
0: trying to help this musician guy get his amphitheater built or whatever, so. Okay. the kids have no blankets. Right. V-
2: Verani is one of the few Bajorans not to wear an earring. Is he not religious?
1: He's like, no, nah, I'm not wearing that stuff. I'm not it's wearing like, that. You
2: know, he's like, you know, I, I'm a musician, man. I don't believe in identifying myself on my ear. It's, okay. like,
1: a, it's like a clip on. He's like, nah, I'm not wearing that.
2: <laughs> nah. Nah, I got to be cool. I'm a rebel. I play the oboe. Uh, William Schaller previously played Niels Bearers in Star Trek The Trouble
0: with Tribbles, As
2: Dave uh, uh,
0: stole my fun fact. I'm but there. Stole it it. Kirk, right, this, yeah. I'll see you get court martialed for what happened to my grade.
2: Then uh, court martial me. This contains the first of four Star Trek appearances by. Leland Orser, the guy who was in the Bone Collector and Taken, and all that we mentioned.
0: Yeah, he's a good it. actor. Yeah, yeah, and he and he doesn't get to speak in this episode,
2: right? So it's uh, a <laughs> the things he also played was he was Lovak in DS Nine, the Dias cast. He was Loomis in Enterprises Carpenter Street, and he was Dejeren in Voyager's uh, Revulsion.
0: Yeah, that's the one where he's like the psychopathic hologram uh in voyager i think that's his best performance in star trek
2: of all those right when nog is looking at the most wanted list in odo's office one name he reads off is plix ticks like which is like...
1: what go ahead
2: sorry. <laughs> sorry which is likely a reference to mix a Superman villain who, first of many media appearances, was in the New Adventures of Superman, The Two Faces of Superman, Superboy's Super Dilemma, and The Impractical Joker in 1966.
1: It's Mitzlik Pidelic.
2: Okay, I, I that's the no proper
1: idea. pronunciation. Mitzlik Pidelic.
2: Mixplik? What? Mitzlik
1: Pidelic. Mitzlik
2: Pidelic. Pit Pidelic. I don't know, mitslick Mitzlik
1: Pidelic.
0: I don't know what you say.
2: <laughs> Next to the horrible dress Hanik sees in the clothes shop on the promenade, the outfits worn by Yarina in the Star Trek Next Generation Code of honor and Janice Mannheim in Star Trek Next Generations will have uh, will always have Paris can be seen. The horrible dress dress itself was worn by Sandra Wilde in Star Trek Next Generation Deja Q and altered. It and other DS9 items were sold on an online auction. Okay. Uh, Michael Pillar decided to plot uh down uh sorry, decided to plot a downbeat ending to this episode and invert the happy ending of Frederick Rappaport's original teleplay. Pillar felt the episode would carry more resonance if things didn't turn out okay for everyone. So, I mean, move along home everybody. It was only just a game, remember? <laughs> well, it's not a game anymore when Michael Pillar is involved in the teleplay. No.
0: Yeah, he's willing to throw Kira under the bus here.
2: Yeah. And then Ira Stephen Bear liked the dark conclusion, especially uh, Kira's
1: involvement. (laughs) But she looks like an idiot. Fair enough.
2: Right. This episode contains the second reference to the Dominion. The first reference was in Star Trek Rules of Acquisition, which we covered like three weeks ago. The unidentified Dominion member race was Hanik, which Hanik mentioned as having conquered the Tajorans, were presumably the the Jem'Hadar.
0: That was their word for Jem'Hadar.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. We didn't talk about the translation issue that they had at the beginning, but um, isn't it weird that this language is throwing off their universal translator compared to presumably Uh, millions of languages, maybe billions of languages they've encountered at this point?
1: Soft cues. That's why. All right. Messed up everything. Flaky
0: skin. I don't know.
1: Flaky skin. A couple (laughs) things. I have um, um, interesting facts with Jamila. One, um, she's talking about that dress being terrible. Yet the dress she's wearing is awful and is completely unflattering. She's got,
0: more ugly. yeah. she's uh, got
1: like some granny granny cups. Like it just looks like she's just flopping. Looks right? like inside
0: her, out around the collar a little right? bit. Her
1: well, I would talk about her chesticle area. Right, it just looks messed up. That's one okay um two uh, would they not like i guess if odo did any changeling action they would have been like oh no we know the f that is like this would have been scary or there would have been like a mention or they should have had like some kind of hint like i've seen you before or something like that that would have been interesting yeah yeah
0: Yeah, I think some more hints towards. I think that this big reveal with Odo uh, being oh sorry, I'll take down the pretty dress here. Um, Yeah, like the the whole reveal of Odo being his species and being part of the Dominion. Like they definitely do it slowly and very secretly, Um, and I think it mostly pays off. But yeah, I think that they could have done more hints in retrospect. Like, but maybe on the other hand, it would have been too obvious. So I'm kind of glad they didn't. I don't know. It's um.
3: Did they already know what they were doing with his species at this point. I don't
0: know. I don't know for sure if they knew yet, uh, if they had made that call. I think because I think next is it next week or I think it's the week after. I think it's uh, is actually when we get uh, Odo's, uh, quote unquote surrogate father, the Doctor Morapel, the one who raised or brought him up, yeah. found him and studied him initially, and so um, so I think that uh, you know, we haven't had a lot of about Odo where you know where do i come from who am i you know they they haven't done a lot of that since season one at this point since he got hit by a rock you know because he was chasing this locket thing with this douche that he met whatever whatever that hell that episode was so it was they but they they will and um you know i don't know if they yeah maybe they didn't have that idea yeah maybe that just kind of naturally made sense as they were going to have those things up i don't know the answer to that we gotta find out any I more interesting well. facts at jamil no okay let's get to ratings oh wait that's not the thing there we go all right uh, i'm gonna go first Sweet. Okay. It can't be much worse than last week. I'm going to go and give this a seven.
2: Um, Four. Give me a four. (laughs) Jamil. Five.
0: I'm a five and a half on this one. Three. Three. And Kevin. Three. So our average comes out at four point nine, uh better than last week, but definitely below the average of ni- now six point four. So right so far, guys, this is like a B minus show, like at best. Yeah, uh, on average. But it will get better. We all know that. I but think
4: there's uh, a reason that a lot of people dropped off this after and have had to come back to it to watch it through.
0: Yeah, and I, oh sorry, and, and I will you know I've talked to this before and I will explain it as we get closer but yeah at this point like back in real time when this was airing i was not watching this show at least not every week i would next gen was in its like key final season like like as mentioned this was right when the, my favorite episode of next gen aired and i definitely did watch this episode at the time but not every episode of season two it was hard to keep engaged like Next week, we're doing Rivals, which is going to be the El Orion episode, where like that's a member of Guinan's species, Whoopi Goldberg character from Next Gen. His, I remember his species, and, and I guess uh, Malcolm McDowell, the guy who killed Kirk in Generations. Same, all from that same species. Uh, so we get hand, the, the race of listeners, and Uh, again, more world building, which I do like, but sometimes it didn't always, it fell flat in these first couple years, I think. Well, we'll talk about that next week, when we get into that episode.
1: It's slightly above the Red Angels um, story arc, you mean. Slightly above. What is? Uh, This season of DS9.
0: No, this is way above the Red Angels storyline of of Discovery Season 2. That is some of the worst, okay, like it's hard to, for me to say to you it's all bad because of course there was ups and downs and good things I liked. But overall, when you say Red Angel storyline to me, that is the worst. That is the lowest point to me in Star Trek for me. Maybe I may not always feel like this, but right now, I was like that's when we were, that was a low point for us in the franchise.
1: Okay. All
0: right, but I appreciate the effort, everybody. So uh,
1: (laughs) is that something that you mean to the the writers and the cast? I appreciate the effort.
0: I appreciate the effort, but you guys live and learn, move on. (laughs) Um, And okay. And I think that covers it. Anything else you guys want to say about Sanctuary? Nope. Okay. Nope. Now, I'm just going to plug everything else for this week. Um, so, this is our Tuesday night, D Space Nine. As I mentioned, we'll be back next uh, Tuesday to talk about rivals. Wednesdays, we do original series. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about an episode called A Taste of Armageddon from season one of the original series at seven o'clock with uh, me, Jeff, Adam, Jody, and my dad, our dad, Jeff and I's dad. Uh, and um, on when- Thursdays, we will be back to talk about the Fourth episode of the third season of Star Trek Discovery, which is in is airing right now, uh, going pretty well. It will be me uh, uh, Jane, my wife, uh, uh, Michael Chan, and Adam Woodward. Uh, he, he's doing back to oh, back right now. Um, not bad, guys. Like I feel like Discovery has taken uh, a whole new turn and uh, is a new show. And this is uh, this is just coming off my rant where I said season two of Discovery was one of the worst, lowest points of Star Trek. So hey, you can. You can leave the past behind and you can start anew. So that's kind of cool. Um, we'll see how the rest of this plays out because I was kind of feeling good about Picard at this point in their se- their most recent season, and <laughs> by the end I was kind of fatigued. So there's still six episodes to go. I'm not counting my my uh, what is it the chickens before they hatch. Alice and, and Carol
1: joins the cast, so you impressed. know. <laughs> you yeah, know
0: then I'm like, well, we'll see. Um, and uh, and then on Friday night join us as we're talking d space 9 for Star Trek radio theater as we will be doing uh, an episode the fifth season's premiere apocalypse rising uh, with uh, this is where the uh, the crew or at least a good portion of the uh, d space9 crew have to infiltrate a Klingon event in the attempt to expose Galron as a changeling we're not quite here at this point in our show yet but uh, this will be the one we're we'll be enacting many of us here on the podcast Jeff Kevin, Ashley, myself um, and others, uh, you know, as you can see here, will be part of that. Uh, So check that out Friday. It's going to be a little bit later. I think we're 1030 is a tentative time because we're just, uh, you know, have to sync up. But that is what we're doing. Um, Are you guys excited for this?
1: Yes. Yes. Always.
0: I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm
1: excited
4: to see your, to hear your plain and simple Garrick.
0: I get one line as Garrick. It will be a It will be a most glorious podcast. It will be (laughs) Wolf.
4: Kill me, Wolf.
0: You're welcome to try. So that's that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, Chancellor Wolf. Chancellor Wolf. No, no, not Chancellor Wolf. We're doing the one. We're doing. You don't even know You don't know this episode. Yeah, the one where Worf kills Gavron. No, that's no. what I just asked you. No, well, they they fight more than once. Yes, this is the, this is the first time they one of the first times they had a fight like a fight with swords.
2: Listen, Gavron can you know he'll forgive, but he'll never have
0: I saw I saw that look, Jeff. We did we did it again. She's not at that point.
3: It's all right.
0: <laughs> she hasn't got that part in season seven.
2: What? Well she will never she'll never forget.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do not forgive. or forget.
3: Or forget.
0: <laughs> all right. And our other channels are uh, Super Supermater Brothers Podcasting, which we we finished up the uh, 22nd season of Big Brother USA. Uh, Jeff won it all. He did, uh, he was so happy he just went to bed that night for the first time. He, and,
1: he yeah. in the streets.
3: Too much excitement for him. He needed it to too much up. excitement.
0: And you know the channel,
2: you know, yeah, it wouldn't have been good to gloat, you know.
1: Who got good. second place? <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. Neil got the
0: second place, He's got the runner-up. So I think he was the moral victor, really, of the season and of the pool. He felt good. He felt good. But that's it, yo.
1: That's, that's it. it, yo. That's, that's how it rolls, yo.
0: That's how <laughs> it goes, yo. I'm garbage. <laughs> I'm garbage, yo. Both okay, of you. <laughs> they don't know what the Millards don't know what's happening, yeah, what and. Is- uh, Right now, I don't. Enzo. It's Enzo Palumbo. Look, Google him. He's on there. I won't. And <laughs> no, you <he> won't.
3: <laughs> That's true.
0: And our other channel is Trivial Debates. We just had a Halloween episode on Saturday. Internet issues were a bit spotty. Uh, I don't know how good. I haven't actually gone back it's, to, it's still, to it. it's, it's still worth watching. watching. It's still it worth watching. It was fun, uh, um, Chris. Chris.
1: The Washington generals Chris do a Chris. <laughs> don't, don't fail to perform. Oh my gosh, it's like the Globetrotters play Jane was so very nice. She, J- Jane, was a dear <laughs> to Chris. Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: All right, well, hey, we're gonna sign off. I don't know if we lost Jeff or not, but before the cameras move, let's just end the string because we gotta get back to the election. It's election night. We don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what the hell's going on. I bet you guys have all been looking at the. news. I think
1: they lost Kentucky. Oh. I had uh, that been.
0: was expected. Okay, um, whose
1: date? I don't know.
0: No, they lost it. Yep. All right, hey, let's let's get off here before I have, get too depressed with finding what's going on. All right, let's um, live long and podcast, everyone. We'll be back next Tuesday. Take care. Oh, thank you.